everybody welcome to the vincent mann sports podcast i am your host vincent manns with me today is anthony booker or as uh my apple carplay was calling you last night when i was messaging you anthony bucker how are you man you're good 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 you're bringing back so many memories you know how many people say bucker or booker <laughs> it's it honestly it doesn't annoy me but it does get on my nerves sometimes but you know what? Like my coach used to call me Buck. So, you know. It's, it's yeah, so so Bucker. So yeah, I get that a lot. So yeah, but we haven't been on here for a while and looking forward to this, like always. A lot of stuff's going on since we haven't been on and we've been very busy, so let's jump into it. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. We haven't recorded since um the first day or two of may uh and now it's the end of may uh we've been busy we've both been busy especially uh with work and with uni too a lot of and plus a lot of stuff's gone on with the nrl and we've been talking a lot what we should talk about so let's start with our first definitely so i think we'll start off with uh our first segment which is get it off your chest and this is basically anything you want to get off your chest that you feel like you need to say for everyone that is listening to you right now that you need to let them know. So uh, do you want to go first with this? Yes. Um, yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, if, if you're letting me go first, I'd love to. Um, all right, let's talk about our favorite team in our world besides the Roosters and Panthers, the West Tigers. What? So every time... We've met up. It's always the West Tigers are bad. West Tigers are bad. But they've knocked out the premiership winners like from last year. And they've gone, is it like a three-game winning streak? Uh, They have lost the South in between that. But they did, but it wasn't, like it was an effort game as well. It was only close. They didn't get blown out like they were expected to do. So West Tigers starting to find their form. And... That's it's honestly blown me away. Like Luke Brooks is starting to play footy. They're starting to play really good footy. Like blowing out the Cowboys out of the park at Leichhardt Oval, which is really good for them. Like I was watching that game at the pub and everyone was just going off their head. Everyone was cheering. A lot of good feeling around that club now. What do you think just clicked? Like I'm just like, do you think it just all of a sudden They've gone enough's enough, and they've probably made some calls with like maybe is there like closed behind closed doors? They've gone to like players and said, "Look, you need to start performing. I was going to let you go, and we're going to start bringing players up from reserve grade." Like, is that do you think that's what happened? Potentially, yes. Right. I so, also, I also see that. Um, I think it's taken a bit of time with the chemistry as well. You can see with Happy Coruscant's, um influence on the game too. Uh, I think Luke Brooks is playing a lot better. Um, you got to remember too, he's playing for a contract as well. So he has that extra motivation. Someone who hasn't really been in the limelight, but he's also playing well is Brandon Wakeham too. And he's been yes. quite a bit of a, uh, 
in and out first grader throughout his whole career too. And the one guy who's been excellent for them ever since he's come into the team is their rookie fullback, Jareem Buller. Yes, that's right. He's, yes. Yeah, so um, I only just thought about this. I saw a post on Facebook about it, but um, three of their four spine players are Fijians or Fijian internationals. Mm. Also, no, sorry. Well, they didn't get, they got beaten 20 nil by South. So that's not, that's not a really good score line. It was <laughs> close. Not... It was close for the first, um, first half of the game. And then South blew them out in the second half. Yeah. But, but still they got, they beat the Dragons. They beat Penrith, which is always a hard team to beat. And they absolutely smashed the Cowboys. Like, and that's probably another thing you could probably get off your chest. What's going on with the Cowboys as well? That's a that's an issue in itself as well. So well, I feel like this NRL season it's it's taken a lot of twists and turns and very unpredictable so far. So like Penrith, even Penrith after that loss against um Tigers, I found they've also found a bit of form back as well. Their combinations are starting to work a bit better than usual. Do you think we get into that point in the year where it's either like a make or break for teams? Like it's a halfway through the season now. We've hit the halfway mark. Do you think it's just teams are just starting to find their combinations now, and they're just some teams are just um, some teams are just exploding? Yeah, I think so. Um, the the table this year's been very close. As well, I think they said it's been the closest uh, for a while in regards to how many points uh, they have on the table. But I feel like now there's going to be some separation between the good teams and the bad teams now. I think there are going to be some teams, I'm looking at the ladder. There are some teams that could make a run towards the end of the final, uh, towards the end of the year, towards the finals. There also could be some teams that could just drop out as well. So I feel like it's going to be just depending on which team hits their form at the back end of the year, at the right time of the year too. Hmm. Um, so, so what's your opinion on who is going to make, who's going to make the run through to the finals and who's the team that's going to most likely drop out? Well, let's go through all the teams just quickly. So, Dragons are 17th. I don't think they're going to be making the finals considering their state of the team and the fact they don't have a head coach at the moment. No. Cowboys, look, I said the Cowboys a few weeks ago, they were done, and I still feel like they are done. Tigers, look, they're making a good run, but I don't think they're a finals team. Bulldogs, if they got healthy, possibly. Uh, Parramatta, possibly. Knights, Seagulls, look, maybe some teams that are just hovering around that uh, no man's land between that eight and 12 roosters. No, uh, they're done. Titans. Why not? You've got no faith in your team. No, I lost faith a few weeks ago. Um, Titans could be that one team depending on if they can actually defend. I'm pretty sure on average Gold Coast are the worst defense team in the league at the moment. So if they can actually learn how to play defense, because they know how to score. If they know how to play defense, then they could make the top eight. 
But you got teams like the Warriors, they're hit and miss. The Raiders, same thing, they're hit and miss. Uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, it, right now the one to six is Penrith, Cronulla, Brisbane, South, and Dolphins and Storm. I would say maybe those top six probably make the top eight this year. Yeah, I agree. I, I can I'll agree with you with that, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Okay. Did you want to go? Um. What I want to get off my chest. Go ahead. Go get it off your chest. I feel like this is a a two team run at the moment for the the title for the uh, for the premiership. And then there's only right. really two teams that could realistically achieve the premiership this season at the moment, and that's Penrith and South. Right? They have an identity okay. with both teams. They've been there and done that over the last few years as well. I mean, if you look at these teams, all these teams have some sort of red flags. Look at Cronulla. They're hit and miss. And then if you consider what happened last year, they lost both their finals games. They bowed out in straight sets. So can they at least win a, a finals game before they get considered to win a grand final? Brisbane, they didn't even make the finals last year. Plus, they're a really young team. The Storm, they lack real personnel as well. They haven't really been uh, grand final contenders for the last couple of years, ever since, uh, I believe, Cameron Smith left. The Dolphins, again, they can be a hit and miss team as well. They lack that star quality as well, even though they do have one of the best head coaches in the league. I mean, it's looking like it's just going to be Penrith and South this year, at least as realistic options to win a premiership. Yeah, that's, I do agree with you. But Broncos have only been going not as good in the past couple of weeks is because they're missing their halfback. He was back this week too, so Reynolds. Um... He's been missing and, and what they, I didn't, well, I didn't watch the Broncos game, so they did obviously lose. No, they, um, like they I still didn't. think the Bron- I still back the Broncos to be contenders still to the finals. Why is that? I still back them because even like teams always grew through a bit of slump throughout the season. And this like we said, the NRL been the NRL's always been very unpredictable. And they've still got the players to do it still. And I still believe they can still make a grand final. They just need to regather themselves and do what they did at the start of the season. They started off well. I believe they can finish well too. I still back them. They finished finished off well last year. That's the thing. They they didn't finish off well last year. They started pretty well. And then they, towards the back end of the year, they didn't finish well. So we'll see if there's a change this year. And they won, and they won last week without and without like all their origin players too. And they're missing out a lot of origin players as well. Like a lot of their key forwards, like Pat Carrigan, Payne Haas. So don't forget Walsh and Cobbo as well. They're missing. Yeah. And they still, 
and they still ended up winning against the Warriors, which you said that they're a hot and cold team, and they've been going all right this season too. So I, I would not take out the Broncos out of the um, contenders. South, I, I don't. I think South are more a hot and cold team, in my opinion. And it shows, obviously, it shows on the ladder. Like, they're not in the top four. And they couldn't win a game against Canberra last week, or this, sorry, last Saturday, which I watched that game as well. And they had their chances to come back. They did. They were on a roll. They had their chance. And they didn't execute, execute it right. So... Look, if there's one thing that I've learned from following sports throughout my whole life is that the regular season uh, is pretty, I would say, I wouldn't say it's useless, but it's not a really good determination of how teams actually go during finals. If you take for Cronulla, for example, from last year, well, they come second last year and then they lost in straight sets in the finals. It's, it's just a different game during the final series and even during um if you look at the other sports too during playoffs you look at um if you look at the nba at the moment you have a the miami heat right they're doing so well even though they were pretty poor during the regular season but now they've gone on they're one game away from be, being um in the finals for the nba yes that's right yeah I heard about that. I'm not a big NBA fan, but I did hear about that. So, but that's why I'm saying my example of that being, well, goes to show that some teams are good during a regular season and some teams are just more uh, adept towards performing during the playoffs or during a final series. Okay. Yeah, so, but I still think, yes, you're probably right. Maybe South and Penrith are probably the only two contenders for the grand final, but I would not doubt Broncos. Mm-hmm. And if Cronulla, if Nico Hines keeps going the way he is, I think they're also contenders too. But I think it's very too early to say who's going to be in the grand final. It's still, like like we said, this NRL season has been ups and downs, twirls, in and out. Like, it's been very unbelievable. And of course, it's too early at the moment, but it's always it's fun to it's always fun to to predict and have a discussion about. You never know. Penrith might fall into another slump, and then they ended up just falling down the ladder. So anything could happen. Yeah, definitely. I think definitely the second half is going to be worth watching to see not only the separation between who's going to be in the bottom nine this year and the top eight. But as well, who's going to be that team that really establishes themselves as a title favourite? Okay, so yeah, that's it. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, uh, I think we'll go to break and we'll move on to our first segment, which will be the um, the Origin New South Wales Origin team. All right, so Origins this Wednesday, and in our last podcast. We went through our predicted origin teams and we're going to now revisit those. Uh, and we're going to see how we compare to the actual New South Wales side that was announced. So we're going to do it in a bit of a game. 
the rules for this game are you get zero points if the team or uh, if the player hasn't been selected, one point if the player has been selected but they are in the wrong position, and two points if the player is selected and they are in the correct position. Whoever gets the highest amount of points between us is the winner. So the uh, I'm going to go through one through seventeen. Okay. Um. So at fullback and one is Teddy. You had Teddy as well, right? Yeah, we all had Teddy. So it's yeah. two. See, yeah. Two. Uh, number two, it was Brian To'o. I had Tondra Vojevic. You had. Who did you have? Campbell Graham. Graham. So you get zero, I get one. Yeah. Yeah. Three, we both had Latrell. Um, He had the calf injury. That's the recent news. So that's changed. So instead, that's uh, Stephen Crichton. I didn't have him. I had him on wild wing. And I didn't have him in my team at all. Uh, number four was uh, Tom Travojevic. I had him in my team, but wrong position. I had Campbell Graham instead. Oh, I got him in the right position. Yeah. So I had him in the centers. Number five is Josh Adokar. I had Brian To'o on the wing. Uh, I'm guessing that counts because he was named on the wing too, but it was just different number. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, dead. two points. Yeah. And you had who? Uh, Stephen, Stephen Crichton. So. Well, you had Campbell Graham too. So you had Crichton had and Campbell Graham. Graham and Stephen Crichton. And yeah. so that still get up to the one point. Yeah. Uh, number six and seven. So Luai and Cleary were the halves. We both had Hines and Cleary. Yeah. So that's one point for Hines since he's the 14. Oh, well, the 17 rather, and Cleary is the halfback. So that's two points for us. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Tevita Pangai. We both had Payne Haas. And oh, even though. Payne Haas did get names at prop. Yeah. So we so both we get two just, points each. We, we, get, we get two points for that. But we okay. both named um, Junior Paulo. Yes. We, um, yeah, we had Junior Paulo and. Uh, in the actual side, it's Pangai and Haas in the yes, starting yes. side. So we get one point each with Paulo being on the bench. Uh, at nine, we had we both had Damian Cook instead of Coruscant, who was actually named. So that's zero but points he, for us yeah, since Cook wasn't named. The bench. We both mm. had him on the bench. So we both get one point anyway. Yes, uh, for Coruscant, that is. Uh, number the second rowers are Cam Murray and uh, Hamoli Olakuatu, which we both had. In the actual NRL side, it's uh, Tyson Frizzell and Hudson Young for New South Wales. Did you have Tyson in your? I had him on my bench, so that's one yeah, point for me. Bench, that's one point. And I had Cam Murray on my bench too. Oh, well, Cam Murray's starting, him. but he's on the bench. Yeah, I had him on my bench too. Yeah. And at third team, we had the same as the New South Wales side in Isaiah Yo. Yeah. Uh, number fourteen, like we said, we both had Coruscant. Yeah. Uh, I think the bench is already we already named the bench and now some of our starting lineups anyway. So. Yeah. Well, I had Jake Travojevic on my bench as well, so that's no points. I had Frizzell on my bench as well as Matt Burton. When in reality, it's Paulo Murray, 
Martin and Hines. Can we count Matt Burden into the squad even though he was um even though he's 18th man, does that count or no? Well no, because it's one through seventeen. Well, what happens if Hedda if he gets injured? Eight? Yeah, well if he gets in no, but this is one through seventeen. That was what we agreed on okay, today, my side. All right, how many points did you stack up with? I have eighteen out of a possible thirty-four. So you had eighteen. Yeah. I ended up getting fifteen. Fifteen. So, so I beat you by a little bit. Yeah. Yay! Woo! <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah. Um, it was a good win. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Just on this New South Wales side, the one that was actually named, was there anything that really surprised you, or any takeaways from this side? All right. Well, we'll start off with the um, obvious. Vader Pangor Jr. with both of us did not even think it was going to happen. I tell you what, as well, I saw a bunch of the predicted lineups as well for New South Wales Origin game one this season. Not one did I see with Tavita Pangai in it, or one that would say he might be a consideration for the starting front row or a bench spot for New South Wales this year. Yep. So it's well, really, yeah, left field. It's a really left field option um you can really see why he has brought him into the side that is in brad fitler tavita he's got you know an offload he's a bigger body as well um but i really do have questions about his consistency as well i think that's always been something that's um really apparent throughout his play whether it be at the broncos or at the bulldogs as well uh well there's a good side to this, and there's also like everyone's thinking too negative about this. I think it could potentially be a very good move and possibly a power move for this New South Wales squad. Mm-hmm. Why do you say you that? At, you look at our forward pack, it, there's a lot of strike in that forward pack, and I think that's what Freddie wants. He wants a forward pack with a lot of strike and a lot of power and just to get that quick momentum. A lot of big bodies, which means the Queensland defense, especially their middle, has to work twice as hard to get these big boys down to the ground. And yeah, and I think Tavita is very good at setting. Like Origin's all about usually, like in most footy games, the game's won the first twenty in most footy games. And I reckon he's on there, and he's starting to set the tone of the game. We see like. Do you remember? It was ages ago. Remember Tim Grant, when he yes. took that carry up, the, when he took that carry off the kickoff, mm-hmm. and then they kept replaying that. That's what they're looking for in um, Tavita Pangai Junior. They want that big carry. They want. They will probably choose if they if Queensland are going to kick off. They have to either kick off to Payne Huss or Tavita Pangai Junior. Which side? If you're just say you're Cherry Evans and you're kicking the ball, you're kicking off. Who are you going to kick to? There's two there's two big powerhouses there. Like there's no there's no um easy way out. Mm. That's the well, reason why. Uh, you can power. you can try and kick it short maybe. Yeah, but then well, but mostly you expect that, wouldn't you? No, I'm, I'm joking. But I mean, at, at the start of, at the start of a game, actually, no. Well, that could be another move as well. But that'd be very surprising if they just kick it well, short on the first kick of the game. You uh, never know. It's origin, day of origin. But look, it's a power move, and he wants 
He obviously wants, Freddy wants a forward pack to dominate the Queensland forward pack. If you compare the two forward packs, they are, the Queensland side is more of the hard-working type. Yeah, you work, there's like five work, there's three workhorses, or no, sorry, four, including dummy half, in the middle. They're just absolute workhorses. And to be honest, I reckon the player that they're going to run at is going to be Ben Hunt. They want to, I reckon that would be the message that would be out there. All these forwards run at Ben Hunt, make Ben Hunt have 50 tackles. So that way he's either going to come off the field and then when Harry Grant comes on, same thing. Just run at Harry Grant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think maybe the alternative could be uh, going at Cherry Evans because we know he's a bit of a defensive liability at Manly. And I think maybe the game plan is going to be around that. Plus, Cameron Munster can be quite... Uh, he can come out of the line aggressively at times, which really puts the, uh, the centre and the wing uh, on his side. Uh, at a real disadvantage as well because they're not really expecting it either. So I feel like, yes, they could target Ben Hunt through the middle, but they'll also target the halves for their defensive laps too. Yeah. Well, did you see the stunning game that Ben Hunt had last year? I don't think just New South Wales don't want that to happen again. No, obviously not. So well, don't kick at him. Don't kick at him then, I guess, is what the message was from last year. Yeah, but that's the reason. But... Getting back to Tevita Pengai, that's the reason why. Like we've got our forward pack, including the back rowers. You got we've probably we've got a very heavy forward pack coming into that game. The starting lineup: Payne Haas, Tevita Pengai Junior. Um, then you got Hudson Young, who's probably a real striking. You could say a striking, like a strike player out on the edge. Would you say? Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, definitely. He's never played through the middle either for Canberra as well, so I see him coming up, uh, coming in and playing as a strike player along the edge. Yeah, and also you got um, Tyson Frizzell, who's also another heavy boy to have on the edge as well. So, like, there's a lot of damage there, but the problem with having a big side is can they survive the 80 minutes? And that's the reason why... Freddie's picked players on the bench, like Cam Murray, um, Liam Martin, to come on and do... Like, these players, like, I don't see Tevita Pangai Jr. playing more than 15 minutes in the first half, and then he might bring him on the last 10 minutes when he's all recovered up, ready again. you only get 25 minutes out of the whole game, if he's lucky. If he's lucky. Mm-hmm. So... That's my prediction of the team. And Payne Haas will probably rotate with Junior Paulo. I mean, we'll see what happens. I, it doesn't really, from what I've heard from the media as well, it doesn't seem like that there's really a plan for Tevita at the moment. I feel like that's going to be come up with before, just before the game starts. And it's pretty much with the same player as I'm about to say right now, which is Nico Hines. Now, I feel like Nico's really just been brought in as a bit of a, a pressure pick. Um, Freddie has really said that his form was too hard to ignore this year. But theoretically and looking at it statistically, 
his form is pretty much the same as it was last year. So he was clearly ignored last year because he didn't make the side and he went on to win Dallium. All of a sudden now he's just too hard to ignore. And it doesn't really make any sense either from a, a logistical standpoint, right? If Appy gets injured, who fills in that number nine spot, right? If it's going to be either Luai or Hines going in, right? There's going to be a small body in the middle, which is going to be targeted by the Queensland forwards. That's right. That's right. There's no, yeah, there's no depth in the hookers there. Appy can play a full 82. And that's the reason why I think Appy got picked over Daniel Cook is because it's probably, I think he's, Freddie's trying to do this Penrith connection. That's what it is. Tevita Pangai, he's a Penrith, was a Penrith player. Ex. He played half a season there. Not, not at all. I would even consider that probably like the last, when they made the finals, that's when so they used him. Are you saying to me, is that the criteria for making the New South Wales team now? Almost. You have to play for Penrith? Well, it sure yeah, seems like it with some of these picks. What about, like, I know this happened a couple, I think it was the weeks, like preparing when the teams were getting picked. Because as you do know, the Roosters aren't having the greatest season. This is probably a little slump season for them. Uh, it's an understatement. They actually weren't, there was talks in like Fox League and stuff saying that Tedesco, should Tedesco get picked? Mm. And going back to the Penner thing, Maybe does Edwards probably is another player that deserves an origin debut too. So, but to me, you would never go against your captain. Like, it's not, I know we have to touch on this later on, but it's not the roost. It's not Teddy's fault that the roosters are going bad. Well, he's in the incumbent. And if you look at the picks that New South Wales have made this year, guys like Teddy, uh, Tom Travojevic, Jerome Luai, they've really been picked because they've been there and done that, right? They're not in the best of club form. Whereas if you look for Queensland, this is kind of the worry that I have for New South Wales. All their picks they've made, especially with the changes they've made, such as leaving Gagai and Capewell out and Ponga and bringing in guys like Walsh and Hammersai, Tabuai Fado, they've brought in these guys who are in form, They've been playing well for their clubs as well. It's pretty much the opposite to what New South Wales have done this year too. So I'm a little bit worried that when it comes to the game, you're going to have these guys who are really picked based on what they've done in the past perform really poorly because they haven't been that good this year from a club perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll just, we'll just see what happens there. Just going back to Nico Hines. See, I think James Graham, I don't, I don't know if you listen to the podcast with James Graham and the Cheese. They got a podcast they do together. Mm-hmm. And I like listening to them. They've got a really good podcast going there. Um, They spoke, James Graham made a really good point, which I just want your opinion about. So with Lua, Lua is probably seen as the shadow player where he. He's just like that player. Like he sees something, he'll get, he'll call the ball, he'll put on his little magic, he might put on a little step, and trying to create something out of nothing. Where Cleary takes control. So obviously Queensland are just going to be marking up on Cleary the whole game, right? 
do you think if this is what James Ryan said? He said that if Nico Hines was playing five eight, he would take some of that control off Cleary and place less pressure off Cleary. So, my question is: Is it better to have Cleary control the whole game and have Luai just play as that roving half, or? Have Nico Hines control one side, Cleary control the other, so that way it relieves pressure off Cleary. Or do you think Cleary can handle the whole, can control the whole game? See, the thing is, the reason why I picked Nico was not only do I feel like he's the better player out of Luai and himself, but also I think he would be able to take off the pressure that Nathan uh, would experience during the Origin Arena too. But you got to look at uh, Cleary's sort of origin record too. He's been very um, hit or miss, right? So last year in game two, it was really good. That was almost the Nathan Cleary game. In game three last year, there could be an argument made that Cherry Evans was a better player in game three and throughout the whole series compared to Nathan Cleary, but all one game, that is being game two. So I feel like, again, there's still a bit of a, a question in regards to is Nathan actually a big time player uh, for New South Wales? Do they really want to try and build a team around? Is he a winning player on the origin stage too? And I feel like him with Luai, yes, they've done it club form. Yes, they have done it in New South Wales before too, back in 2021. However, what would it look like with Cleary and Hines together? That's really a question that I feel like should be answered on the field. But in my opinion, I feel like Cleary would have a lot less pressure on him because there'll be a lot more focus on Nico Hines compared to if it was, say, Jerome Luai playing at 5'8". Well, that's... That's James Green has brought up a really good point because if their market just say usually Queensland, there's always one player that always stands out of origin and it's the least expected player. We've seen this from time to time, and you would least expect it from a player. And like Dane Gagai, like even though he's not playing origin, every origin he just steps up and just he can turn it up sometimes. But well, last year it was Pat Carrigan for New South Wales, uh, for Queensland. He was really the unexpected player to come out of that series last season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and players like, yeah, so it's very unexpected. And I think um, Nico could be that player. So if, just say, Cleary is getting marked up, Nico takes over and Nico controls everything. Nico has a good game. Then all of a sudden, Nico's marked up, but then Cleary's not marked. So then, you know, it's like a win-win situation. It's not a risk, but I think... But I think Cleary, we've seen it, he's done it before, but not consistently. So we'll just, the only thing we can predict, well, we can't actually, we can't predict it really. So we don't even, we just got to find out this Wednesday, I guess. So if Cleary can control the game. I mean, yeah, this team, I think it's been reported in the media and he's really come out and said it but he wants to really take ownership of this team as well. But I was reading a report after the Latrell Mitchell injury news broke that he currently has a infected tooth. This is Nathan Cleary at the moment. Uh, so his chances of playing are um, 
at a, I'd say a lower percentage than what you expected it to be. Listen, I've played with an effective. It's not that hard. He just take a couple painkillers. He'll be fine. He'll be mm. sweet. Um, how much? How much do you want to bet? How much do you want to bet? Some of the old experts will say, "Oh, back in my day, I would have pulled it out and we would keep going." <laughs> yeah, people like Gordon Tallis online. People like Gordon. Steve Roach is one of them. I think yeah. Steve Roach is one of them ones too. Well, who's going to be on the commentary team, right? It'll be Andrew Johns, oh. Cameron Smith, right? If it's the same as last year, you probably have Andrew Johns saying, "Mate, just pull it out. Just pull out the tooth and play on with it." Origin with Rabs being out, I don't think NRL commentary has been the same in a while. It hasn't had the same feeling. Oh no, I I have my opinions on that, um, and it's let me just say it's not very positive. Yeah, we could go on a whole nother segment about this if we really want to. Um, yeah, well, look quickly. I'll just touch base. Uh, Adokar, I really like the pick. I think he's a, a big culture guy, a big uh, glue guy as well. So glue guy meaning that he really brings all the team together. Would you agree on that? 100%. And he's forming the World Cup. And he showed after he didn't get picked that his form just went skyrocketed. So I really think he just proved his spot this year. Um, and before we end this segment with the breaking news of Latrell Mitchell, how do you think that's going to affect the, um, origin side with, um, like there was so much hype around him playing, um, but watch out. Here comes Latrell. Latrell's back. Last time we had him, we won the origin series, but now him being out, and with Stephen Crichton being in the centres, Stephen Crichton has been in very good form as well. He's played some really. He's played. He's been up and down, but when the games has really turned it up, he's played good. So most of the time he's good. Sometimes he's up and down. Last Origin wasn't. Yeah, it was very yet yeah, very, very low. Wasn't the best, but I don't know. What do you? What's your take on this and yeah. what do you expect? Yeah, I mean, it's a loss of a strike center, right? One of our biggest weapons. Um, and then defensively as well, uh, it's a bit questionable too. So Crichton, not really noted as being the best defender for the center position as well. Plus, Tontravoyevich, again, not really the best defender as well. You question how well defensively he's going to go too. Um, you're really wanting uh, Tontravoyevich to hit his stride and if he's going to perform like he has throughout the season where a lot of people are actually questioning whether he's been playing injured or not, which just, just on a side note, if he's playing injured, right, he would look like he's playing injured, right? And you would say he's playing injured right now. He said he's playing at 100%. So I'm going to take his word for it, and he's going to be playing at 100% for the New South Wales team, okay? Let's get that out of the way first. Plus... It what really. Did he do? I don't even. I don't even hear about this. It's a groin adductor. So, in this is for everyone who doesn't really understand injuries, but in the high performance area, right? The groin, the hip, the adductor. It really just gets bunched into one. So, if somebody says groin, if someone says adductor, that's because they're usually just grouped together, and that's because it's really hard to diagnose, especially when they 
try to palpate it um, through the physio as well. Um, so that's just on a side note as well for those people listening. Again, I do worry about them defensively as well. Plus, for Queensland as well, it was looking like uh, the hammer was going to be marking up against the troll. So he's probably really um, exuberant about it all, not having to um, defend against the troll with such a big body against him. But instead, he's probably going to be marking up against Tondra Vojevic because you think Stephen Crichton moves to his preferred right edge next to uh, Brian Toto. That's, you know, what do you think that there wasn't that that combination? Was that in the last origin, the To'o and Crichton combination, the two headgear brothers? Yeah. Um, so not for game one because it was Stags and uh, To'o, and maybe uh, for games two and three, if I remember correctly, that was the center combination, a center wing combination for the right side for New South Wales last season. Do you think do you think that combination could potentially work? Potentially, yes. Um, but I think I noted to you a few weeks back that side for Penrith had conceded the most tries out of the right and the left side for that team this season. So again, defensively, they they are still a bit questionable, and I feel like that could be a side that Queensland do target. So who's on the who's attacking that side for Queensland? That'd be it'll be on that. So it'll be like uh, Taulungi, Valentine Holmes. Oh. Uh, it would be more than likely Cameron Munster as well, and you probably have Reese Walsh sweeping around there too. Yeah, Cameron Munster. He's a free. He's a freak of nature. That player. He's mm. he's probably one of the best players coming through the game so far. Yeah, well, look, he's he's very much, if you follow the NBA for those people listening, he's very much in the same mold as Jimmy Butler, right? He's the sort of person or the player that really won't do much during the regular season, but when it comes to the, the bigger moments, such as the playoffs in the NBA or in the case of the NRL during the finals or during origin, he's really the sort of guy who would step up. However, the only one time he didn't step up was in the 2018 Grand Final. Yes, that's right. Yes. If you remember correctly, he got Simbin twice in that game against the Roosters. Obviously, you remember that. but Yeah, of course, because I was at the game. That's, and that's your glory days, and they're over now. So Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> and that will... See, before we move on to the next segment, do you, would you like to say anything? about the origin side and your last says? No, not really. Um, I'm kind of interested to see how they use uh, Frizzell as well. I thought his time was up as an origin player a few years ago. Uh, and I would have put uh, Ola Kowatu in that side in a heartbeat over Frizzell too. Uh, I'm interested to see how Hudson Young goes. And I think maybe the last thing is uh, a bit of a score prediction as well for Wednesday. So as I said, beforehand when I was talking to you, um, my head says Queensland and my heart says New South Wales. So I'm going to say that Queensland win game one because I feel like they're going to win this series and it's going to eventually lead to Brad Fittler getting fired and they're going to win by eight points in game one on Wednesday. 
you know, your I think your heart just wants Brad Fittler fired. I think that's what maybe, maybe because <laughs> I did predict it at the start of the year. I said if New South Wales lose this season, this season, then I think Brad Fittler will be fired at the end of the season. And we could go on another topic about who could be the coach for New South Wales in the next coming years. Mm. I was thinking about that. I was thinking like, who would who would they bring in for Brad Fittler if he were to get fired? Could be an interesting topic. What do you think? Point. Bring back Laurie Daly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Um. Well. If you're going to get, I reckon someone to coach Origin is someone that's played Origin and has been a star, like Billy Slater. You want someone like, and someone that's coming up the coaching ranks as well. Would you put Trent Barrett in? <laughs> you know, um, potentially. No. He might be a better like Origin that. coach than he is club coach. I mean... How many how many coaching gigs does it take to realize that he's just a bad coach? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but what do you think? What do you think is going to happen during the game? Who do you think is going to win? How much by? Okay, so in the game, oh, I'm a full heart, full brain. I'm New South Wales all the way. I bleed blue. Um, all right, well, calm I'm down, Joey. Andrew Johns. Calm down, Joey. I, I am. I am Joey. I am like Joey. I bleed blue. I bleed blue. Um and. Would be twenty four twelve. I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna blow them off the park. Mm. Yeah. Queensland, they're good Queensland, but I feel like New South Wales have got a lot of redemption to do. So, and I think that's going to be a big motivation for them coming to this Origin series. So, well, I'm happy we got through that segment without us uh, falling apart like the Johns brothers. So that's good. Uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to move on to the next segment. All right. So I didn't really want to do this topic, but, uh, I'll do it anyway. Cause it's something that I really want to just talk about. Uh, my dumb team sucks this year and, and yeah, you're laughing. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I'm not actually worried about this year i'm more worried about what's actually coming over the next few years because if you look at that team if you look at that team it's just a bunch of old guys too and i was talking to you about this a few weeks ago but we they're in sport from what i've learned there is championship or premiership windows right and paris in a premiership window at the moment the roosters had theirs it was between 2017 to 2020, right? And it seems to me that when the people running the club and the coaching staff have not really embraced that and just gone, well, we need, we need to rebuild the team so that way we can make another push for our next premiership window. It just seems like it's a team that's stuck from the past, right? You look at, and I'm a bit concerned about the team going forward. You have Teddy, who's 30, not getting any younger. He could get hit in the head again, suffer concussion, go out. Kiri, same thing. He's 31 as well. Brandon Smith, who hasn't really been the best of signings. 
He's 27 at the moment. We've just signed, re-signed Maria Hargraves, and it feels like we're relying on him way too much. Tupo is what, in his 30s as well. Again, while still a good player, he might be out of the team in the next two or three years. I'm just struggling to see who is in that team over the next three to five years that are going to be trying to contend for a premiership. And if you look at that makeup, like if you, if I went through the whole 17 right now, right, Teddy, right, is he going to be at the team for the next few years? Maybe not. Joey Manu, possibly. Suali, no. Jackson Paulo, probably not because Dom Young's coming in next season. Tupo, maybe not. Kiri, probably not. Sam Walker, Maybe. I mean, there have been links with him going out to another club, right? It's just, I don't know. Like, it feels like this is a team that has not realized that they are not going to be winning a premiership with this team. And if it were up to me, I would pretty much scrap some of the players out of this team and start thinking about rebuilding it. I think, you know, I think you haven't got that much to worry about. I just... They, they have performed some games. They've just been very inconsistent. I think what you're most disappointed about is that at the start of the season, the Roosters were the contenders for the Premiership. Oh, well, not in my opinion, right? I, I, but in a lot I, of other people's yeah, opinions. Well, like, yeah, but that's people being idiots, the, right? That's people being the, idiots. On paper, if you look at your side on paper, it's a, it's a superstar side. It is. And everyone talks about the no Sally Cat Roosters. I think the media has put all this pressure on them. And I think the Roosters are just the team to beat. All these other teams know it. And some teams have performed and some teams haven't. And, and I think the Roosters just fall into this like slump. And they need to find a way to get out of it. I don't know how they're going to do it. I wouldn't say rebuilding is maybe, yeah, they've got really good juniors. Like in their jersey flag, they're actually coming first, I'm pretty sure, in their jersey flag. So the juniors are really good. Yeah, and we've got one of the more, so, the most promising halfbacks coming through, right? That we've seen over the last right. few years. And we're not that's even right, using him at the moment. Exactly. You're not, yeah, you're not even. So could that be a problem as well? What? Him? Not using Sam Walker? Possibly. I mean, he's come out and said he's going to fight for his position, but reality, in reality, how many teams would be willing to sign Sam Walker right now? I would say you'd think probably half the, the competition would sign Sam Walker right now if they had the choice. Who would he, what, where would he go? What, what, what potential clubs could he go to? Because oh. no, you've really got these stats and stuff. I don't know if you've researched it yet. No, but you'd think someone like the West Tigers at least, uh, St. George would probably at least go for it as a long-term replacement for Ben Hunt. You think some of the Queensland teams as well could go for it, especially someone like Brisbane with Adam Reynolds coming towards the oh, end yeah. of his career. You think... Possibly, or definitely someone like the Dolphins would go for it, who are still really in need of that marquee player too. The Cowboys potentially, yeah. uh, even could, Gold Coast really as well. 
I could really see Sam Walker playing for the Dolphins. Yeah. He's from Queensland. Exactly. So that's what I'm so, saying. Like, there's a few teams that would uh, really bring in Sam Walker as well. The one thing that really does concern me going forward is, well, in 2018-19, our identity was we had a one of the best defenders in the league, right, statistically. Throughout 2018, 19, 20, 21, and even 2022, we had a top five defense. This year, it's ninth or 10th. And our attack has been even worse this season, right? We're coming either last or second last now, depending on uh, what happened with the West Tigers uh, scoring 66 points the other week. They could be even the worst attack in the league. I haven't looked at the stats recently. However, what I'm trying to say is this Roosters team doesn't have an identity at the moment. And that's something you're going to need that I've seen throughout the whole, all of sport, right? You look at Penrith, for example, their identity is, well, they are really one of the best defensive teams in the league. And they've got such a very uh, vibrant and very exciting sort of attack. The Roosters at the moment, they don't have the identity and they cannot win a premiership unless they find exactly what kind of team they are. You know what their team of duty is? No salary cut. That's it. Yes. And the money. Yes. The money team. That's what the, I, that's well, what I'm team. saying, what I'm saying is on the field as well. All right. So not, not behind closed doors and not under the table, but what I'm saying is on the field, what is their identity? Right. If I asked you, right, what's their identity this year from how they've played? What would you say? They've just been. They've been a hot and cold team. They've, they've been so hot and cold, and I think, like, you're just disappointed because they were. They've got. They had this hot side, and Brendan Smith. I remember at the start of the season they spoke to Brendan Smith, and Brendan Smith says you've got a very good forward pack around you. Do you think you have potentially the potential to win the comp? And he goes, well. It's up to us to gel. It depends how we all gel together. And it's like he ate his own words out of his mouth. They're not gelling at all. They're just... I find with teams that have too much talent, they, everyone tries to do their own thing. And they don't play with each other. They just play for themselves. If you yeah. get what I mean. Another, I thing, doing another thing I really did consider as well is... Realistically, how much pressure is on Trent Robertson at the moment, right? So a lot of the decisions he's made over the last 12 to 18 months have been very questionable. Uh, you look at guys like, obviously, the Sam Walker dropping, um, moving Suali'i into the centre position where he was uh, um, one of the best wingers last year, and he's looked absolutely lost in the centre position. He's been awful, really just borderline nearly being dropped to New South Wales Cup with how bad he's actually been this season, right? Signing Brandon Smith, that really hasn't panned out. Um, as well as looking at all the coaching staff decisions he's made. Jason Riles, right? He's Look, he's out the door, and my guess is it's going to be actually a good thing if he does leave because it might get in someone who's going to really fix up our defence. But you also look at guys like Matt King, right? He's the attack coach. Matt King, he's really the coach of the one of the worst uh, attacks in the league. So in my opinion, he's probably got to leave at the end of this season too. And then if that doesn't work, really, 
the only question left is either on the players on the field or is the head coach. And I get it. He's been there, done that. He's won three premierships for the Roosters in the last, what, 10 years he's been in the club. But in reality, we've seen that head coaching, it can be a really, really brutal uh, job, right? You could be the best coach in the world and you could win a premiership or a championship in, in one year, two years later, if your team is not at the same heights or is not even close to winning a championship, then consider yourself fired and looking for another job. Yeah, well, there's a lot of question. There's just a lot of question marks around the Roosters. I haven't. I don't. There's no confident answer in me to say why they're going bad. That they've got no excuses. They've had. A, they've got a couple injuries, just minor injuries, but not injuries. Like what about that season when they had all those injuries and they still ended up making the finals? Yeah. What was that? What, what year was that? That was. That's been the last few years, right? That's been 2021. That's been 2020. That's been 2020, right? We've had all these injuries. And this year, it's not really an excuse, right? We Yes, we've had injuries as well, but it's also been just the poor form of some of these players as well, right? If you look across the board, Teddy, his stats are all the way down compared to what he was able to not only achieve just last year, but over the last few years. If you look at the rest of this team, and what's concerning as well is... Even though against St. George, which the second game they just played against them, the one they lost uh, on on the buzzer pretty much, Teddy and Kiri were really good in that second half, right? They stepped up really well, and they still lost to St. George. St. George being one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst team in the league, which is really a concern for the others around, right? What are the others doing? What are they bringing to the table, what they bring in towards the team in regards to actually winning games for this club. That's that's really a concern because I know that the Stars, yeah, Teddy and Kiri, they haven't had a good season this year, but once they hit their form, they're going to really bring it and they're going to be the stars of the show along with guys like Joey Manu as well. But what are the others going to bring for us? Are they going to step up and going to be become key parts towards this side? Or not? Do we need to bring in some other personnel who are going to really fill that void? Well, you actually did predict at the, I think it was the last podcast we did. You predicted that when Dragons got their, when Dragons missed Griffin, when Griffin got kicked out, that the team that always has the coach out will win, and they did. Yeah. Well, so the, what I said. It wasn't from um, the last podcast, but it was just messaging you uh, the other week. That's but what I found from other sports, such as uh, the NFL, I think is really a prime example of this. But when the head coach gets fired from a team, that same team will perform better in the first week compared to how they've been performing the whole entire season. And I didn't say they were going to win. But I thought it was going to be a really close game that what then what other people were thinking it was going to be. And it turns out that St. George actually won the game. And you look at it, they performed really poorly over the weekend too. So I'm thinking that my theory is actually correct. 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But, yeah, really, I'm concerned about my team going forward, uh, not only just for this season. I We are nowhere near winning a premiership and maybe not even going to make the top eight this season. And going forward as well, I really am concerned about this team. Um, we're going to take a one final break and then we'll move on to the last segment of the podcast. So final segment for the podcast, and I actually thought of a name for this. Uh, I call this last segment, instead of one future prediction, I call this NRL Stradamus. Can we, right. how did you come up with that name? Well, Stradamus is a very... Nostradamus. Yeah, Nostradamus. That's the name of the um, the Greek, uh, I don't know what he was... Um, but he would always uh, predict future events. Uh, astrologist, he was an astrologist. He always predict future events from his work. And that's what we're doing. We're predicting future events that happen. Uh, do you want to go first? Uh, you go first. I go first. You, you always let me go first. It's always nice to me. So. Yeah, but you were first last time. Oh, sorry, no, I was first last time. You go first again. Go uh, first. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, my so we're gonna make this origin related right so it can be prediction for game one or just for the whole series as well my future prediction is <laughs> I, i'm gonna make this a bit of a, a a funny one right i think that there's going to be how many maybe two or three fights throughout the whole series, I think. And there's going to be quite a few Simbins as well. Uh, Simbins? Yeah, there's going to be quite a few Simbins. Do you have have anyone in particular that might get Simbined? Uh, Ooh, let me think off the top of my head. It has to be a forward, right? It would have to be a forward. Uh, Now you've, you know, you put that in my head. I've already got the person for it. (laughs) <laughs> and it's, it's the outlier of the whole Origin series. I reckon Tevita could be that <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. Well, yeah, well then, yeah. I reckon that's the player. I reckon he'll end up all Jeremy Watt. Yeah, possibly. Him and Cobbo going at it. You know what? I might, I will agree with you on that one. Yeah, you I think? To. I got to. They've had, they've had a bit of beef in the past in that first Penrith game, and and, they and kept last year's there. Origin too. And like, yes, and last year's a lot of beef going on between them two. It's like the Gagai and Latrell Mitchell Origin. That might be the new um, or Gagai and Burton from last year. Yeah, oh, yeah, because yes. New South Wales were talking about look, we can't let that happen again or something, right? Well, so on, it was a two on one. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that's what they're talking about. But so that's my reckon... prediction. I think there's going to be heaps of simbins and a lot, a few fights throughout this whole series. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go very vague on it as well. Very vague. Yeah, okay. not not a set number as well because I don't really know how many fights it because you don't really see fights anyway either. So I could say, oh, there's one or two fights, but there's going to be quite a few simbins as well. Right. Okay. I like that. Mm. Um, my prediction. 
Isaiah Yo, play of the series. Why do you say that? That's oh, interesting. That's really on. left field too. Jeez. Well, he's in. Oh, he'll be on the field for eighty minutes, and um, he's just that. He's a workhorse player. He does. I feel like Cleary gets too much credit for Panthers' performance. Him in the middle relieves that pressure off Cleary so much. Like him ball playing in that middle places that little bit of pressure off Cleary, and Cleary does what he does best. And he doesn't. He deserve. He gets credit for it, but not enough. So he always gets, and it's always the forwards that always get overlooked at. And him, he has to be almost a second half in the middle. And also has to, like playing the middle for eighty minutes. It's a hard. It's a hard gig. You got to tackle guys. You got to tackle guys like Junior Paulo, um, Payne Haas, Jason Tomalolo every week in the middle. It's not an easy job, and he has to ball play and lead the team around as well. So I believe he could potentially get the play of the series. Very left field from you. Uh, yes. Yeah, I wouldn't think that he get it. I mean, if you look at it Unless, last year, Carrigan got it last year. And that's probably another lock, yeah. A lock got it. And I think they're probably looking at the same. Because I feel like an Origin star is different to like an NRL star. An Origin star is like the tough. Like who is the toughest on the field and who is... Who's the one that's making the most impact? And who yeah. does the most work? Who does all the dirty work the best? And I think as they could potentially give it to Azario. Yeah, who usually if, votes? Who votes for the player of the series usually? Do you um, know? Not from the top of my head. Do you know if it's like former players or Wally Lewis himself that votes? If Wally Lewis versus himself, that's a bit biased, don't you think? <laughs> no, he, yeah, no, but what I'm saying is it's his medal. It's named after him. Does he vote for it? Um, I'm not sure who. I want to look that up. Who hey, I'm hoping yeah, that. Yeah, do, you me, do you want me to quickly research? Or yeah, go want... ahead. Well, look, I'll just say this. Um, no, I'm hoping that people like Ruan Sims doesn't vote for it, especially with her history of voting for uh, medals. Why's that? What who she well, picked in the past? No, like, but didn't a few years ago, right? She voted for a um for the Dally M's for a game that she didn't even watch. Oh, what you hit really? Yeah, that was a few years ago, and then she's not allowed. She hasn't been able to vote since. So what I'm hoping is people, uh, the people who are voting, are actually watching the game. Hmm. And, um, do you find anything on it? So it's actually, all right. So how it works, I'm just reading it. So first of all, the criterion is you have to play a minimum of two matches from the current three matches. So if Zoyo plays one game and then gets injured for the next two games, then he can't get it. Then my prediction's out the window. Uh, there's a points, there's a point system, so it works exactly like the Dalian. 
So you got the three, two, one. And I'm just keep reading it now. It doesn't say who the judges are. It doesn't say who particularly does. I don't. Maybe maybe it's um, voted by a higher power, right? It would. It. I wouldn't say. Wally Lewis wouldn't be the only one voting. There'd be other people in there too. Imagine yeah. it was the Joey. Imagine Joey Johns, the Joey Johns medal. <laughs> or you know, you know what they should bring in. Um, far out. Oh my god. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. I've got the West Magpies player who died. Passed away. Tommy Rodonicus. Tommy, Tommy Rodonicus. <laughs> that's it. They should bring out the Tommy Rodonicus medal of the toughest player who f- fights the most. Who fights the most? Who gets into the who, most fights? Who or gets, like, who gets, before, the, <laughs> who gets in the most fights? The Tommy Rodonicus medal. The cattle dog. The cattle dog medal. The cattle dog medal. Who gets in the most fights? Do you actually, speaking of origin, do you think the referees are going to be real uptight about fights or do you think they're just going to let them go a bit? Because last origin, they let it go for a little bit, which I liked. Yeah, probably more of the same. Uh, I felt it was, yeah, it was good last season. How it was um, officiated last origin series. Uh, so, yeah, I think if there are fights that happen, <laughs> so be it. They'll just simbin them or send them off, whatever. I'd love to see something like what Michael Jennings did. Do you remember? Do you remember what Michael Jennings did when he, when they had that fight and he came over the Superman arm with the punch? No, I can't remember. I, like, roughly, I do. Well, do you remember oh, no, what year it was? Oh, that's... That's that's all I remember. He just came over the top, and there was this big fight going on, just huddling up, and he just decided in his mind just to go over the top in the all whole huddle, in the whole huddle, jump over like a couple of players and just try and punch someone for no reason at all. Oh, anyway, yeah, all I'm right. excited. I'm really excited for Origin. I'm hey, so glad. me too. Me too, man. I mean, I'm interested to see what happens. Um. We'll leave it at that. Um, do you want to get any plugs in uh, any of your social media accounts before we leave? Uh, I say every week. So social media, Instagram, A-N-T-H underscore Booker, B-U-C-C-A. And that's the only plug I've got yeah. so far. And you can follow me on my own account, the Vincent, Vincent Mans 12. And I've set up my own uh, sports card, uh, sports podcast page too so vincent man sports podcast on instagram um thank you everybody for listening and i hope you enjoyed the podcast be uh, feel free to leave any feedback in the comments as well i might also um create a question and a bit of a poll for everyone to vote down to and i'll we will speak to you soon